It's great to have you with us from wherever you're tuning in from. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app. We hope this message inspires and helps you to take your next steps in your journey. Father, we thank you for this opportunity. We first and foremost want to recognize, Father, the the privilege we have to gather in this way, to open your word, to be able to sing praises to you, our Lord and King, and to bring our heels before you, wanting to receive something from you, Holy Spirit, this morning. Father, we are here to meet with you, the creator of heaven and earth. We're not just here out of ritual or routine, and we're not just come here expecting anything uh, with some sort of arrogant attitude, but Father, we come humbly into your presence with family around us, and we say to you, thank you for the freedom that we have. Thank you for the privilege that we have. The thought of brothers and sisters around the world wanting to do this this morning, and for some of those people risking their lives together in order to open your word, and here we are, so free. Father, we don't take this for granted. We do want to meet with you. Holy Spirit, would you come and minister to us this morning as we open your word? Teach us, grow us, shape us, change us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, we're going to be camping in Acts chapter 3, but before, during the month of November, what we do is we set aside November as a month of prayer and discernment. So uh, we have a bunch of people that stand with us as a family. That are praying. We reflect on the year that has been. We're praying into the year that's to come. And we set this month aside um, as a pretty critical month in the way that we do our yearly rhythm. I want to rewind back now to 2019. In July of that year, I, had, I was told that I'd be facing unemployment come December. So we were about a month out of having no income at all. If you rewind back a little bit from July 2019 and go back to uh, 2016, between uh, June 2016 and December 2017, uh, for 471 days, my wife and I and our four kids, uh, we were without a fixed address, living out of suitcases here in Perth. So we, we've had a pretty rough ride over the last five or six years. Has not been easy as we've been pursuing Christ with reckless abandon, Um, and just putting all of our energy into what we feel he is guiding us down. It has not been an easy path to walk, not at all. And so in July, when I was told of this news, there was a real sense of gratitude for the experiences that we've had with these organizations that we were working with, but at the same time, there was a sense of trepidation. It's like, I don't wanna go back to that place again. Father, what's going on? And so during November, this was a big part of our focus, is like, what is going to be the next step for us? What do you have for us? And during that month of prayer and discernment, there was this one passage, Acts chapter 3, that I'm going to share with you, that kept coming up over and over and over again. And the different conversations I was having, songs that I was listening to, uh, words of encouragement people were sending through, conversations that we were just having around the place. There were two words that kept coming up, and these are highlighted through this passage of Acts 3. These are the two words here that you see on the screen. Boldness and courage. Boldness and courage. So what does this mean, and what did it mean for us? 
Well, why don't we dive into this passage together and let's read what it has to say. The words should be on the screen as I go through here. Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through to 11. One day, Peter and John, side note, Peter, probably my favorite disciple. I love the guy. He's a loose cannon, oh. Uh, one day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Verse four, Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold, I do not have. But what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly, the man's feet and ankles became strong. Please don't just read over verse 7. This is some wild stuff that's going on. I love it. Verse 8. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. And then he, he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. And when all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. This is some wild stuff that we read in Scripture. I want to just unpack a few critical verses in here and just share with you what this has meant to me in light of those two words, boldness and courage. So let's start with verse one. What actually is going on here? Where are they? What is happening? We know that they went to the temple court, we're told here, at the time of prayer, at three in the afternoon. Now let's just get this into our heads. As it is in the developing world still, back then, the epicenter of community life was the local religious centers, these synagogues, these temples, these places where people gathered to pray and to offer sacrifices. Uh, in our society today, it may be like carousel. <laughs> or on the weekend, it might be off the stadium. Or at the campfield at your local pub. Like that's just sort of where we are at as a Western nation. But in a lot of the developing world, it's still these faith centers. In the world that we're reading about this morning in Acts chapter 3, this is the epicenter of community life. It's where everything was happening. And we're told, and we know this from history, that around 3 in the afternoon, after the time, or they were about to enter the time of prayer, they would have just done their afternoon sacrifice, and then about to enter into a time of prayer. So these people were still in this, like, this ritual rhythm. There were certain things, boxes they had to tick and things they had to do and there's a process they had to go through, like a yes sir, yes sir, three bags full sir, and this is what the rhythm was for their life. And so I actually find it quite strategic that our two mates, Peter and John, were going to the temple after the sacrifice had happened, as the prayer was about to start. It's almost like these two brothers chose this time specifically because they were looking at this ritualistic tradition and saying to the people, guys, 
do you not realize who Jesus of Nazareth is? Do you not know what has taken place and what we have been set free from? There is no need for this anymore. It is all done. Come and meet with him. So they went at a very specific time. They were on mission. Every step of the way, they were on mission. They were very deliberate. I think it's a great lesson in there for us. We shouldn't just drift through life. We need to be intentional with what we do. Verse two, this man that we're told about that was at that temple gate called Beautiful was lame from birth. What sort of existence would this have been for this man? It would have been really tough. Now, if you look at the temple courts and the space where they were, we know, again, historically and archaeology has shown this to us, that there is a series of steps to get to this particular temple gate called Beautiful. If this man had been lame from birth, how did he get up those steps? We're told he was carried there every day. So to even eke out his measly existence and to beg at the temple courts, he was completely dependent on someone carrying him to that place. He couldn't even get there himself. I would want to say that this is not much of a existence, not much of an existence for this gentleman at all. It would have been a tough gig. And we're told that the way that he was sitting there, just begging, you can, you can almost feel the shame in this man. Now, if you have a look at what he's going through and what he's asking for, there's this overwhelming sense that he's so consumed by his current condition. There's nothing else he can do. He needs someone to carry him to the gate and he needs to be dependent on other people's good graces in order to get something in order to survive. He's so consumed by his current condition that he's lost sight of anything else. His entire condition needed to change, but he was so consumed with his current condition. So as my wife and I and our family were praying through that month of November, I got to the stage where I realized that I was being so consumed by my current condition of potential unemployment that I actually was losing sight of the entire story that we've been invited into. And I had to refocus. I had to get to that place where I'm like, Father, I, I can't push anymore. I'm not gonna sit down and do nothing, but I'm gonna stop striving for things in my own strength. I will reach out, I will respond, I will position myself in a place that makes myself available, but I have to focus on you. How are you wanting to shape me through this? What are you wanting to teach me through this? I will not let this experience distract me from what you have called me and my family to. I will not be so consumed by my current condition that I lose sight of the entire story. So how many of you this morning are sitting here that consumed by a current condition and having lost sight of the entire story that you're actually invited into? Not everything we ask for is going to be helpful. Verse four. Man, I love this. You can just read this like, then Peter said, look at us, and then continue on. But that's not how I read it. 
when I read scripture, I try and picture it like a movie scene. I'm a very visual learner. So I'm picturing Peter and John walking up. There's all this busyness happening at the temple. There's a guy just sitting there full of shame and guilt, probably on the floor just with his hand up, not looking at anyone, just sort of watching the shadows passing by. And then he sees two shadows stop. And he's thinking to himself, oh, I'm a chance here. And then he hears these voices. He doesn't, he doesn't feel any metal drop into his hand or maybe he had a hat on the floor. He doesn't, doesn't hear anything drop in there. He just sees two shadows stop before him and a booming voice from I'm out, Peter, the guy with no filter. Just, look at us! You can feel that authority that comes from Peter. And so this man is like, oh, mate, what do you want? I can, just, I can picture it as that movie scene happening right now. And then... We have here verse 5. Expecting to get something from them. So it's like a, oh, sure, fellas, I'll give you my attention. What do you want? You know what I need, but what do you want? You ask for my attention, you've got it. What can I do for you? So there's this sense of almost like, oh, a sense of weight, a sense of heaviness, that shame and that guilt. Like, I don't want to make eye contact with you. I know how hopeless my existence is. Just give me some cash and move on, mate. But no, Peter and John stop and they say, look at us. He was expecting to get something from them and he was expecting some coin in his hand. Now, I think this is actually quite a prophetic word for us as the church, the larger church today. So often we walk past um, needs in our society and these needs are conditioned to expect a certain thing from the church. And when you step out in boldness and courage, uh, sometimes the interaction pans out in a way that people don't often think it would. There's a quote here by a gentleman, uh, William Lesaw, that paints this for us and he said this, it's not the church's business in this world to simply make the present condition more bearable. The task of the church is to release here on earth the redemptive work of God in Christ. Do we identify needs around us by also being consumed by current conditions or are we the people of God who recognize current conditions but are calling people to focus on an entire story that's much larger than their current condition? Because if they're not gonna hear it from us, who are they gonna hear it from? Because what is the narrative that's been spoken over our people in our society today? It is not that you have a hope in Christ that is greater than you can ever imagine. No, the narrative being spoken is buy more so you'll get happier. Have more so you'll be more satisfied. But where does it stop, folks? We have actually lost the ability to say enough. We've lost it. And as a result, we're in this rat race, actually with the very people that we are defining as in need. Folks, we are in need. And the need is not material. The need is Jesus. We have to refocus and not be consumed by our current condition. And then we get to verse six. Oh my goodness, please get yourself ready for this. This is what Peter says. Silver and gold I do not have, 
But what I do have, I'm gonna give to you. I'm just gonna stop there. Peter and John didn't say, hold on a second, I've just got to go to the church and go to this prayer meeting and I've got to sing these songs with my eyes closed and show that I've memorized the words and then I can actually call down these spiritual blessings from heaven and then I'll be ready to to pass on something to you. Just give me a moment. No, they were walking into a situation and they knew what they were carrying already. There was no process they had to go through to usher in something. They knew what they were carrying already already because they knew who they were in Christ. So this man who was in need was asking just for silver and gold to help his current condition and they knew that's not what he needed. His entire focus needed to change. Even the way that Peter says, look at us. It's calling this man to stop looking down and reframe your focus. Look up, look up. I was so consumed with pending unemployment that I was so narrow focused. I needed people around me to say, Armand, it's time to look up again. Look up. You're asking for all this silver and gold, but it's not actually what you need. And so Peter says, what I do have, I'm gonna give to you. And then he makes this wild statement. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk Picture that movie scene. Talk about a mic drop moment. What the heck? You know, I talked about boldness and courage. These two brothers of ours, Peter and John, walked through their society, recognizing the need that they were passing, and they had such a boldness and courage in who they were as children of the living God that they would stop, cause the lame man to refocus, and say to him, get up and walk in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I wanna say this really politely and I may never get invited back again, right? So this is my one shot at Elevate Church. Take it or leave it. The same Holy Spirit that was working through Peter and John is the same Holy Spirit that lives inside of you that is the seal of your salvation in the name of Jesus Christ when you receive him and enables you to do things even greater than what our Saviour did. If you don't agree with me, go back and read the Gospel of John. It's written there. Jesus himself said it in chapter 14. You have the ability with the Holy Spirit working in and through you to help people lift their eyes from their current condition and focus on an entire story that's greater than they actually know. And if we won't do it, Folks, who will? If compassion will not go into the developing countries of this world where there is no government safety net, where there is no other hope other than the local church actually taking literally what the Bible says and putting it into action, unless they're gonna do that with boldness and courage, what hope is there? What hope is there? And Peter and John, this is what they did. Look at us. Man, it's game on. In the name of Jesus, I'm gonna give you what I have. This is what I have. I have healing power in my veins. I have hope flowing through me. I have the supernatural at my disposal. I am a son of the living God. What you're asking for is not what you need. So listen, what you do need, I'm gonna give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Get up and walk. Man, oh man, if that doesn't get you fired up, nothing will. This is phenomenal. This is not a hand out. 
Yes, it's a hand up. That's what it's about. We can call things out from the way they should be or the way they are to the way they should be, but are you willing to go the distance with those people? Oh, you need Jesus. You go to that church. Oh, you need Jesus. Go to that church. Oh, you need Jesus. And then you just continue on. Look what we have modeled for us here. Verse eight. It's interesting. Peter and Don didn't just call this man out, tell him to get up and walk, and then continue on whatever they were doing. They, they were together. They journeyed with him. They walked into the temple with him. Hey, yeah, this is amazing what's just taken place, but there's more to come. Come on, come with us. Let's go the journey together. It's a model for discipleship, folks. We're not just meant to call people out to something and then leave them. We're actually meant to get in the trenches with them. Go the distance with others. Peter and John did it, even in this split second moment. Hey, don't just sit here wondering now or stand here wondering now about what's going on and what's next. Come, let me show you. In verse 10, they were filled with wonder and amazement. They, who are they? Who, who are these people that are referred to as they in this sentence? It's all of those people who were gathered at the temple for the afternoon sacrifice and the time of prayer. Now they were the ones who were filled with amazement. This is amazing what's going on. They were filled with wonder and amazement at what had just taken place. See, society expects that Christians would just attend church. Off you go, go and do your Sunday thing. Society would expect that a different denominations would remain segregated and separate. Yeah, you're not meant to get along. Look, the church is so dysfunctional. Society expects that a community of believers, they should remain within the confines of their building. Don't bring that message out here, just keep that to yourself, you judgmental people. Society expects that Christians really should neither be seen or heard. And that's actually getting more and more and more the case in our society here today. So my encouragement to you this morning, my family here at Elevate is this. From this passage, we need to say that narrative, no more. No more. This message is not just meant to be kept within these walls. I don't know where you find yourself through the week, each and every day, but as a follower of Jesus, hear this. You are nothing less than a full-time minister of the gospel. You are nothing less than a full-time minister of the gospel. The invitation to you is to partner with the Holy Spirit and where he is already at work and to join in that entire story that is unfolding over Perth. Or do you just expect to come and do your little um, afternoon prayer sacrifice on the Sunday morning and continue on with the rest of your life? Folks, Jesus doesn't just want your Sunday morning. He wants all of you. He wants all of you. There's a story about a humble monk who was walking with a Roman Catholic cardinal at a time in the Middle Ages when the Roman Catholic Church was at its peak of its power. 
the cardinal pointed out to all the opulent surroundings around them and said, we no longer have to say silver and gold I do not have. And the monk replied to the cardinal, neither can you say in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Let me close with this. Compassion Australia and Compassion International are focused on calling people to rise up and walk. That's what we're about. That is the story that we want to speak over the children that are in need and their families and their wider communities. And it is the story that you, in partnership with Compassion, are making possible. So thank you for that. But for you personally, are you wanting to get your life to a place where you can say, look at the silver and gold I have? Or do you want your life to be a living testimony of saying, hey, this is what I'm about and this is what I am committed to in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Brothers and sisters, know what in being happier, it does not work. Please know what it is that you already carry. Know who it is that you were created to be and get in the business of calling people to rise up and walk. Don't chase the silver and the gold. If it comes, it comes, but it'll go as quick as it comes. May you be refocused to the entire condition that needs to change. Let me pray. Father, I thank you again for the opportunity that we've had to unpack your word this morning. Thank you for the reminder, as we've seen with Peter and with John, the boldness and the courage that they had to talk, to walk, to live, and to breathe you in everything that they did. Father, I pray for that same boldness and courage to be evident in the way that we carry ourselves. That as we identify need around us, as we are going about our regular work, that we would not shy away from an opportunity, but with boldness and courage, we would in some way declare, rise up and walk in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Father, it may not be those exact words, but I pray that our heart posture would be leaning towards that. And for the times that we have put the desire to attain silver and gold before the rise up and walk, Father, we ask for your forgiveness. And Lord, we do pray for all of these kids, specifically this morning in Masbate in the Philippines. Father, I pray Father, I pray, I ask you boldly and I ask you with courage this morning as your son that you would enable the bride of Christ in the Philippines, that you would enable our brothers and sisters in the local church there to boldly and courageously declare to children living in poverty, it's time to rise up and walk and this is what it means that they would not be given to all of these predators that are out there wanting to get them on the computer screens 
that the parents would not be so consumed by their current condition of, I don't know how I'm gonna get food on the table, but Father, that you would release the church to bring a hope that is greater than poverty into reality for these brothers and sisters of ours. Father, release your church to bring that hope into those communities and into those families. May those children know that their worth is not what others want them to do in front of a screen, but their worth is who they are as your children that your fingerprint is on them. They are created in your image and in your likeness. Father, I pray that you would use us in some way to bring restoration to Masbate in the Philippines, that we would see a generation rise up that declares boldly and courageously the hope that they have in the gospel and that they would cause ripple effects across the nation and across the globe. Father, that can only happen in relationship with you. So I pray, Father, I ask you as your son this morning that you would draw people closer to yourself. Father, that you would use us here in the family of Elevate Church to draw people closer to yourself. That we would see children locally and children in the Philippines released from this poverty. Father, we know that is your heart. And we know that is the great commission to go and make these disciples. So Father, we ask that you would shape us and form us into the likeness of your son and release us to that work. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We really hope you got a lot out of this message. If you live in the Perth area, we'd love for you to join one of our live experiences. For times and directions, as well as information, head to our website, elevatechurch.me. For those of you beyond the Perth area, we'd love for you to connect with our online experience, which premieres every Sunday via YouTube and Facebook Live and on demand immediately after. And to partner with us to reach more people by giving financially, head to our website, elevatechurch.me and also download our Elevate Church AU app.